We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Welcome to the Butting Heads Podcast from Ramstalk Radio. I'm Steve Rivera. I'm here for part two of our NFL Active Hall of Fame debate. Uh, I'm with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, this episode's not coming out until next week. Uh, you want to tell the listeners what you'll be doing? Well, not to brag or anything. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'm going I'm to be on a business trip. I'll be in Taiwan for um uh an event out there uh for my other job so yeah we'll be in completely different time zones in fact steve did you know i'm gonna be coming to back from the future wow different day uh yeah you'll be in you'll be in a completely different time zone as people are listening to us right now it's crazy uh unless you're listening to this in like Three months, and then we'll probably be in the same time zone. Maybe we'll see. The way just throwing out crazy alternative realities here. All right. Well, uh, if you listen to our podcast last week, we talked about some active NFL players that are going to be Hall of Famers. Last week went over the locks, the near locks, and 
talked about the 04 quarterback class in depth. This week we're going to be talking about you know some of the younger guys who are well on their way but aren't quite there yet, and then some of the guys who that are just straight up debates. Uh, last week everyone kind of talked about our Hall of Famers. I think we agreed every one of them is going to be a Hall of Famer, but this show should be a little more debating. But before we get into it, guys, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're getting your podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, Radio Public, Spotify. We're on them all. If we're not there, go f- tell us and we'll get there. Uh, you can find our podcast feed on the Clutch Points app. Uh, it's a great app giving you all kinds of NBA and NFL content. Of course, don't forget to check out the other shows. Rams Talk Radio currently on their tour around the league and Rams Uncensored. All right, so, Johnny, let's start with the, I called this group, you know, barring insane circumstances, they'll get there. That's, you know, everyone in this group, if they have, like, one to two more years at their current level, they're almost certainly going to be in. Uh, But they might just not quite be there yet. And a lot of these guys, if they retire today, I think could get in. Let's start with our boy here, Aaron Donald. Uh, It may seem a little premature, but... Look, we talked about J.J. Watt on the podcast, five-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, and a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Well, Aaron Donald, in just five seasons, is a five-time Pro Bowler, a four-time first-team All-Pro, a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, and the NFL sacks leader as an interior lineman, which is almost unheard of. Um, it's If he retired tomorrow there would be a case for him to be a Hall of Famer. He probably isn't, but um, one, even if it's just one more year, but realistically, two more years at this level, and I think he's a no-brainer Hall of Fame lock. Yeah, I mean, you said a a premature uh, discussion here, and and I I don't think there's anything premature about it. You, You said five seasons, five Pro Bowls. That's incredible you for four first team all pros out of five seasons the only time he didn't get in was his rookie season yep and yeah that's uh that that was probably just showing favoritism to the older guys uh not and maybe i'm being a little biased no he probably he he, i'm sure he was in the conversation for second team but i mean he he wasn't a first team all pros rookie year and then you you bring up two-time defensive player of the year and a sacks leader in for an interior lineman that's that's awesome stats like that's a damn good career already in his first 5 seasons this is a guy you know fingers crossed is going to going to continue to play for the next hopefully five seven ten more years maybe ten might be stretching it but um still this is a guy that we don't even know if if uh we've seen his prime yet he still may (laughs) have not even hit his prime that is scary do you even realize how insane that sounds that's that we're a great point yeah we're not even sure if the man has hit his prime yeah you know uh, and and in in large debate too, and, and well, I personally would have loved to see him as a as the MVP of the league last year. Uh, sadly, he did not get it. But 
to talk about a defensive tackle being an MVP candidate, that's insane. You know, kudos to Aaron Donald, man. I, I hope to keep seeing this guy continue to shine because not only is he considered one of the best to play in the NFL currently, but this is a guy that we're talking about already for the Hall of Fame in just five seasons. Just just let that simmer for a bit. That's amazing. Yeah, it's he's the only guy. Um, all right, there's another player on this draft class that, or from his draft class that I put on here, but it's not nearly as definitive as Donald is. I mean, he plays one more year, makes a first-team All-Pro, dominates like he did last year, uh, either wins defensive player of the year or is a candidate. I think that's it. I think he's a lock. Um, and not first ballot, but almost certainly going to get in because his, the level of dominance just straight out the gate is insane for this guy. And, yeah, we are blessed to have him on our roster. There's no doubt about that. Antonio Brown is my next guy. I had him in the uh, – honestly, I had him in the near locks. I bumped him down a little bit just because I think if he comes out and is a complete and utter disaster in Oakland and never rebounds, there's a chance he doesn't get in. But his numbers are really similar to Calvin Johnson's right now, and he's still playing. So I think if he – one or two more years at a really high level, even if he's not dominating like he was before, uh, his accolades seven-time first-team – or seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, uh, one-time second-team All-Pro, two times receiving yard leader, two times receptions. Uh, if you think it's ridiculous to, for me to say that uh, he'll probably be in with like one more year, go look at his numbers uh, because the stretch, the stretch he had receiving is insane. If you look at his stats, and I think that if he makes like if if he is a good player in his Oakland run. He doesn't need to need to be dominating like he was in Pittsburgh, but if he's just you know a top ten receiver, top fifteen, he's a lock to me. Well, Steve, you're a fantasy football guy, right? I am. Well, for the past what three, four years, who would you say was gonna be your top receiver that you select oh, in, yeah. in the fantasy? It's Antonio Brown and. Um, you know, numbers aren't everything, but he's also racking up the first team all pros in these seasons where he's putting god tier fantasy numbers up. It, it's it's ridiculous. He's had six straight seasons with over a hundred receptions, uh, six straight seasons with over twelve hundred yards. He's had double digit touchdowns in four of the last six seasons, and he hasn't gone below eight in any of those six seasons. Uh, the run he's on is insane, and it's a Hall of Fame worthy run. For sure. Uh, I mean, uh, Antonio Brown, love or hate the guy, you can't deny his talent. And and to be honest with you, this this is going to be one of these guys that people aren't going to like very much because of his uh, uh, because of his, uh, you know, way he left uh, Pittsburgh. But that that really honestly shouldn't be debated because that's not what's about talent and you know, it's not so much he did anything, you know, immorally wrong in terms of, you know, legality anyway. It's just, you know, may have not been the best teammate. T.O. syndrome. It's T.O. syndrome. Yeah, exactly. That's that's actually a very great analogy there. And for that reason, I think that 
you know, if he continues on his pace, you know, if he continues to be one of the better wide receivers in the league, which I think he will, uh, even in an Oakland Raider uniform, I, you know, I, I don't think there's there's a question. This is a guy that's going to to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, if he does tank in Oakland and becomes one of the you know, worse wide receivers in the league, which let, let's face it, that's not going to happen. Uh, maybe you have an argument that he, he, he's not on pace in making the hall of fame, but um, I will say this. I think it will be difficult transition from him coming from Pittsburgh, who was, you know, a, a decent team for so long uh, and, and great teams for a while. But um, now you're going from that to the Raiders and while they are getting a younger team up and running, I guess, it's no competition there. They're, they're not the same. You know, this isn't the same team. And while he will make a difference, it, I do expect his numbers to drop a little bit. But um, still, you know, if I'm if I'm doing this uh, through fantasy perspective, I'm still going to draft a guy high. If I'm If I'm doing this from just a... Uh, a fan perspective this this is a guy that any t- any anybody would want on their team except for maybe Pittsburgh so yeah Antonio Brown I think he's on pace for getting into the Hall of Fame for sure and I think uh Calvin Johnson who you know, we kind of recognize as one of the more dominant receivers and he'll have an interesting Hall of Fame debate it's Brown is numbers wise accolades wise He's had a better career already than Calvin Johnson has. Calvin has uh, the 1,900-yard season, which obviously is insane. Um, he passed the record, right? That's that's the most yards in a season? Uh, I'm, think so. I I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I think the thing was he was pushing for 2,000 to get it. But, like, Calvin has that. But uh, Johnson made more Pro Bowls, made more first-team All-Pros, and – I feel like they they played the same amount of seasons up to this point. Uh, am I right about that? I think Johnson maybe has played one more. Uh, this is great. Party. No, they they both played nine. So you take that in perspective, he'd have to be really colossally bad to not make the Hall of Fame because Calvin has a case uh, to be a Hall of Famer, and he played for what you would think is a lot less time. Let, let's keep on receivers. Let's keep talking about these guys. Julio Jones and A.J. Green are two guys I put in here. I think A.J. to a lesser extent than Julio. Julio's a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, two-time receiving yards leader. I mean, I feel like if Julio plays, you know, another three to five years, even if he's not at the peak peak he's at now but at a high level, he's going to end up high in those receiving yard categories, I think. He feels like a guy who's going to play for a while. Um, I think he's well on his way. AJ Green is not on as close as Julio, I think is, but the seven Pro Bowls, I think if if he can come back from his injury and um, be healthy and play well and you know rack up some stats, rack up some Pro Bowls, I think both of those guys are on their way. But it's receivers a tough position to get into the Hall of Fame, man, and I think um, neither of these guys would make it if they retired today, but. They're not. Um, I think they're on pace. For okay, let's start with Julio. 
So in, in terms of Julio Jones, I think there's a lot about Julio to like. I mean, you, you can go by stats, certainly up there, and the people that play fantasy football, much like Antonio um, Antonio Brown, you know, the, Julio Jones is up there and one of the first guys you, you draft. And, you know, for, for Julio Jones, he has the Pro Bowls to back him up. And even going back to last year, who, you know, may have not been his best statistical year, he was still putting up big numbers. He wasn't getting the touchdowns because, you know, Matt Ryan finally has more targets. But now you, you, you're you in a position where you have this very dangerous receiver. And, of course, every team is going to sick their best cornerback on him and maybe even double team him because he he's that good and he continues to play at a higher level and for me uh julio jones i think is is uh, on pace to being a hall of famer for sure and i don't know if i would make an argument if he if he were to like retire now but you know you maybe it it's tough because um because of the logjam at this position, where guy like I, Tory Hall hasn't been a finalist. Um, Isaac Bruce is, you know, he's he's been struggling to get in. I think they both should be. And you know, compare it. Tory Hall, I think, had a better career than both of these guys where they're at right now. Julio, I think he two or three more years. I think at a, at this level, and I think he he gets close to being a lock. Uh, AJ, I think. He he needs work. Um, he's got the Pro Bowls, but I I don't think he was. There wasn't really a point where you looked and you were like, yeah, AJ Green's the best wide receiver in the league, and he doesn't have the first team All Pros. Uh, Julio, there is that point. Um, but I think if Green can rebound from his injury and have a nice second half to his career, uh, he'll kind of be be in that mix with guys like Reggie Wayne, guys guys like Isaac Bruce. That you know the longevity can't be ignored. Um, and while they weren't ever the best in the league, they were up there. Uh, they were in the conversation. Um, but I think Julio is a step above, and I think he's more in that he's more on Tory Holt's level. Where uh, if Tory's career didn't end so abruptly, he I think he'd be in the Hall of Fame by now. But it did end abruptly, and that sucks for us. But uh, does, were those fair comparisons for those two? It, it is actually because. Uh... Like you said, with A.J. Green, you know, he's not a guy that I would consider, you know, the best wide receiver in the league or even in the top three, if we're to be honest. But uh, A.J. Green is still one hell of a wide receiver, so, certainly a guy that the Bengals are, are you know, happy to have him at, you know. Uh, so A.J. Green, in my opinion, uh, is is a talented guy. And if there was a haul of really good this is a guy that would probably be a first ballot, no no question. But to make the Hall of Fame, I think I need to see a lot more good seasons out of him. Because, again, he's not really that difference maker on a team. He's not really um, the guy that has anything special about him in terms of what separates him from other great wide receivers. Um but if he continues to have consistently good seasons, then you you might be able to you know sneak him into the picture. But I'm going to be honest; I don't think he makes it 
uh, from what I see so far. But I could be wrong. You never know. Yeah, I, I think I'd bet against him right now. But I, we'll see. We'll see how he comes back. You know, if he comes back next year and he plays like he did last year, uh, and he can have a couple more years here, like five more solid good years, then he'll be in the conversation for sure because uh, he'll rack up stats and he might rack up a couple more Pro Bowlers and uh, they might be numbers that you can't ignore. I I had Russell Wilson on here. I don't know if we have a lot to say about Russell Wilson. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. He's made six Pro Bowls. Uh, he's not. If he retires today, no, he's not a Hall of Famer, but it seems really unlikely that he wouldn't be on pace for a Hall of Fame career, no? Uh, yeah, as far as everything's concerned, I mean, this is a guy that um, will certainly make an argument for when his career is finished, you know, considering he doesn't have like a tragic injury or something. But um, Russell Wilson is by far the the Seahawks' best quarterback of uh, of all time. So, um, yeah, you know, there's that. And on top of that, Super Bowl under his belt. So maybe you might be able to squeeze him in there when it's all said and done. But uh, as of now, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if you can make the argument that he's uh, a lock for a Super Bowl. Uh, Hall of Fame. You said Super Bowl. He's definitely not oh. a lock for the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. But, this is what happens when you record, you know, back-to-back podcasts. I'm, I'm getting my terms mixed <laughs> up here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's not a lock for a Super Bowl this year, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, maybe a lock for, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame somewhere down the line. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely trending there. Um if if he doesn't completely fall off a cliff, I think there's no doubt about it. That dude makes Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a really good player, has a great story, uh, led a long, estranged franchise to their first Super Bowl title. So uh, he, he'll get there. Stay away from cliffs. <laughs> I have Patrick Peterson in this group. He'd have a case today if he retired. I don't think he'd get in, though. Eight-time Pro Bowler, which is a lot, especially at that position, and a three-time first-team All-Pro. Uh Champ Bailey just made the pro, the Hall of Fame largely because of his longevity and the fact that he made 12 Pro Bowls. And I don't even think we really need to talk about Pat Peterson. I think he's kind of trending in that direction. I think they have pretty similar careers, both electrifying kick returners, both really good cornerbacks. I think you made the case that Peterson's peak at cornerback was a little better than Bailey's, but uh, I think that's your doppelganger right there. And I think he plays well for the next couple of years, maybe makes a couple more Pro Bowls and – uh, when it's all said and done, I, I think he sneaks in. I mean, Bailey was a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, so I think that says a lot. Well, Champ Bailey was just the king for so long, and uh, you know Patrick Peterson. I, I will agree, he's kind of up there. And you know, if he continues to have this amount of success, no question, I think he'll he'll make it. But for now, um, I'm kind of with you. It'd be kind of tough for him to make it in as of this moment. But give him a you know couple more years. This this guy will probably make it. Agreed. Uh, I got Luke Keekley and Khalil Mack in here. Um, Mack I think needs a little more work than Keekley, but both guys have defensive player of the years under their belt. Keekley's a six time Pro Bowler and a five time first team All Pro and a second team All Pro. Uh, Mack's a four time Pro Bowler and a three time first team All Pro. These two guys are. Probably the maybe the two best linebackers in the league. They don't neither have shown any signs of letting up. Um, 
they're they're not Aaron Donald, but they're probably the the closest thing we got in terms of the top young defensive players in the league right now. And I I think they both uh, are well on their way to Hall of Fame careers, barring a, a fall off. Well, when you think of tackling machines, these are easily the two guys you think of, and how much different makers, uh, difference makers, these guys can be. I mean, we've seen what Mac can do in Chicago, and we saw what he did in Oakland, and Oakland is cer- certainly missing that right now. Uh, Keekly, on, on the other hand, too, this is a tackling machine that that continuously gets over 100 tackles a year. That's that's impressive. You know the amount of uh, amount of Pro Bowls he has. Wow, I'm I'm still doing it. I'm still confusing <laughs> Pro Bowl and Super Bowl. Okay, <laughs> the amount of Pro Bowls that Keekley has is amazing. First team All Pros. There's yeah. just no denying how much of a factor that Keekley has. The only concern I have for Keekley is if he can stay healthy for the rest of his career because the past few seasons have not been kind to him in terms of injury-wise, and, you know, that that's something that may stall his efforts on getting into the Hall of Fame. So, for me, that's that's what uh, uh, I, I would say Keekly has more of an advantage at the moment, but, uh, you know, give Maka more time, and he'll probably may, be making a much stronger case. Yeah, and all pros matter more than Pro Bowls, and these guys both have a couple first team all pros under their belt and they both have defensive players of the years under their belt. Um, so, I mean, they, they're both well on their way. Keekly a little more than Mac, but they're, I don't see, I, I don't see Mac falling off at all. I think he's going to rack up first team all pros. He's going to rack up pro bowls and he's going to be, uh, right there. And, and same with Keekly. The last two guys I had in this category before we move on, and we're not spend a ton of time in these dudes, Tyrone Smith and Trent Williams, to me, it's kind of like Julio and AJ, but at offensive line, Smith is a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. Uh, Trent Williams is a seven-time seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, just one second-team All-Pro. But um, these guys are fairly young for their position. Tyrone Smith, I think, is going to continue to rack up accolades and be a lock. Trent Williams, we'll see, uh, but I think if you know he's made the Pro Bowl for the last 12, uh, fuck, I hate, I hate math, man. Um, the last, I, I'm a fucking moron. I'm trying to figure out, uh, how many can, I have the years he's made Pro Bowls. It's consecutive and it's a seven times next to it. Uh, so he's made seven Pro Bowls in a row, obviously. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when they're that at that at the age they're at, it seems likely that those guys are trending upwards. Smith, especially, uh, I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame, and I think Williams he'll be probably in that Jason Peters type class. But you never know how many he can rack up here. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I I think Tyron Smith is a uh, is a guy that's definitely going to make the Hall of Fame at some point. Bearing in mind he doesn't get injured. Uh, more often, you know, now now that he's getting up there in age, uh, you know, Trent Trent Williams, I like the guy a lot. Um, I would personally put, uh, you know, Jason Peters a little bit higher. Uh, of course, he's been playing a lot longer, but um, in terms of ability, I, I like Trent Williams a lot. Uh, but 
again, it's going to be really tough making the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if you can justify Williams, you know, based on what we know now. It's like it's like AJ Green, I think. Uh, yeah, he needs he needs more time for sure. Yeah, so based on now, I would say Tyron Smith is the guy that that's kind of ahead, kind of like the the Julio Jones argument. Um, but yeah, uh, don't sleep on Trent Williams either. All right, we we're gonna talk about our bubble guys here. These are the real bubble guys, guys that um might not be fully past their prime yet, but you got to think their best days are behind them. But before we do, guys, most of us are practically addicted to anything LA Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the team's history, a little bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, Great Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. If you guys are looking for a good read, football background, history about you know America in the 50s, as well as the team, this book tells the story of the 50s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who played offensive lineman in this era from 1953 to 1957 on the Rams. Check out the son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You're going to learn a lot about the history of the city, the history of the team, and Hall of Fame guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fierce, Les Richter, even a little Bob Waterfield sprinkled in in this story spanning the 1950s LA Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at HollywoodSteam.com and on Twitter at HollywoodSteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find it through various other booksellers on the internet. And paperback is coming in September. Uh, this book, it's a nonprofit. Every dime that gets made goes to charity. And it's really worth every penny for any Rams fan out there. But it's really just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, guys, trust me. It's Hollywood's team. Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s L.A. Rams by Jim Hawk. It is well worth your time. Johnny, how about we start with the Legion of Boom? Uh, the two guys that I I don't think Cam Chancellor is going to make it, but Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and me are on the bubble. I had Thomas in the, you know, if everything goes well, he's probably in, and I think that's fair. They're both Super Bowl champs. Thomas is a six-time Pro Bowler, a three-time first-team All-Pro, and a two-time second-team All-Pro. The reason I bumped him is because you know, John Lynch is still on the ballot. And I think he his accolades are a little better than Thomas's. But to me, if Th- Thomas is still young, if he can bounce back from this injury, he'll be fine. Uh, and I think he will be on pace for a Hall of Fame career. Do um, you think he – what are your thoughts on Thomas? And then we'll get to Sherman. In, in regards to Earl Thomas, I like Earl Thomas a lot. I think this is a guy – um, that really did help a lot for the Legion of Boom. Uh, in some some aspects, I think he was one of the better players on there. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, a guy like John Lynch, that it still baffles me that he's not in already. But um, again, there, there's a lot of talented players out there with with amazing careers. So. Um, I guess there's bound to be that one guy, but in terms of Earl Thomas, I think it will be a little bit tougher for him just because he also did benefit for, you know, uh, an amazing era, uh, uh, in Seahawk, you know, history in the Legion of Boom. So that was one of the primary reasons why his career was so successful, not saying that he wasn't talented enough on his own because clearly you know recently the Seahawks hadn't been really much of anything but um 
Yeah, it, I think it will largely depend on what happens with him, you know, moving forward. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know at this moment. I, I, I would put a huge question mark on Earl Thomas. I think both these guys, um, they need to play a couple more years for, for Earl. I mean, it'd be great for both of them to make a couple more Pro Bowls. Um, but they both have five five All-Pros, three-time first team, two-time second team, Same, exactly the same for Thomas and Sherman. They're part of an iconic uh, secondary Big time secondary, and I think one of these guys at least will get in, and we'll see what. I mean, if Thomas racks up a couple, if he comes back with an injury, racks up some good seasons, gets some more accolades under his belt, it'll probably be him. Sherman is is weird, man, because you'd think he'd have more accolades. It's kind of like Isaac Bruce in the fact that you know Bruce only made four Pro Bowls, which is crazy because he's so high in every stat and was really really good for a long time. Uh, Sherman only made three Pro Bowls, but three-time first-team All-Pros, two-time second-team All-Pro. I think he he needs some longevity under his belt, even if it doesn't give him if he doesn't get Pro Bowls out of it. Um, it's just it for me. It's hard. It's hard to justify him being in the Hall of Fame today, even though he's he's kind of um, an iconic player from this generation. You know when they name the all decade team for the 2010s. I feel like he's on it as a cornerback. Um, and I, that could kind of dictate some, how we think about some of these guys as well when that comes out. But it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him, man. I, 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 I he's probably not in, I'd say, but he, he's, he's an iconic player to me um, from this era for sure. He's one of the guys you remember. You know, the interesting thing about, Richard Sherman is when you think about his career, there's been, there was a couple of years there where you, you can honestly say he was the best cornerback in the NFL. But again, how much of that was because of the Legion of boom. And, you know, after the Legion of boom, you know, the, the serious era of Legion of boom, we really didn't see much of a contra uh, contributor I mean, he was still he was still good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he was trash or anything. I mean, I think he's um, still he's still pretty good. He's not great, but you know, he's still good. But you see, that's that's kind of the point. Is he? It's like he peaked really, really early, and then after that, it's just like a you know down to contributor, which. Uh, not to say that isn't helpful or good or anything like that, but when you're comparing that to Hall of Famers, you know, we, we brought up Champ Bailey earlier. Champ Bailey dominated for over a decade, and you, you're you're talking about Richard Sherman, who really only had maybe two or three years of domination, and the rest decent, good, and... Yeah, that for that reason, I, I'm just going to go on the record and say, no, I don't think he gets into the Hall of Fame uh, unless he has like the biggest resurgence. He's like comeback player of the year for like three consecutive years. And, and I'm talking like Pro Bowls. I, I'm talking about being considered one of the, the top 10 cornerbacks in the league, probably closer to top five cornerbacks in the league. Um, 
Otherwise, I don't see him making the Hall of Fame. And like I said, if there's a Hall of really good, yes, he gets in. But uh, as of now, no, I, I don't think there's a chance in hell. Um, you know, Earl Thomas, I'll give it to him way before I do uh, uh, Richard Sherman. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, I do think that, though, if if Sherman or even Thomas, if they get another year where they're, you know, if either of those guys has a first-team all-pro year um, on some, somehow in the next couple of years, I think, yeah, they're pro- that would get them in. That would do it. But that's, for guys at that age, you mentioned the Legion of Boom. I, I think you're not giving them enough credit for making that what it was. But at the same time, yeah, they're, they're not together. They're not at the peak of their powers playing off each other. It's it's going to be harder for them to do that. It's, it's an uphill battle, and I lean no. This is probably, to me, the most interesting guy that's going to come out for Hall of Fame. Frank Gore, five-time Pro Bowler, second-team All-Pro. I mean, that's about it for him. But he's fourth all-time in rushing yards. And he's probably... I cannot believe I'm saying this. He's probably going to pass Barry Sanders um, if he plays another year or two. Uh, and it's, it, he might he might play for that long. Barry's at 15,269 yards, and Frank is at 14,748. He The highest-ranking player not in the Hall of Fame is ru- in rushing yards is Edron James, uh, who's been on the bubble for a while. And we'll probably get in. The next highest guy is Fred Taylor and Steven Jackson are right neck and neck. And I hate to say it, but I don't think either of those guys are getting in. They're 17th and 18th all-time in rushing. Frank Gore is four. <laughs> I mean, I like I, I don't think, um, you know, even at his peak, I, I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. I think Steven Jackson was a way better player, but... The ridiculous longevity is that has to matter, right? I I think it's more likely than not that he sneaks into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, you're right. This is an interesting topic, just because Frank Gore is is kind of a a mystery because how he's still continuing to play even now is just amazing to me. But he still plays uh, at a decent level, and. For that reason, I know a lot of Cowboy fans aren't going to like me too much for this, but I kind of compare him to like that of Emmett Smith, you know. Um, no, Emmett he. Smith, I was thinking the same thing. He's he's a poor man's Emmett Smith. Um, yeah, and Emmett Smith is. Yeah. So so like Emmett Smith, like he played in the league for so long that of course he was going to lead the league in rushing yards. Although I will say he's a little bit more talented than than Frank Gore, um, but a lot of that attributed to being on talented teams with uh, with the Dallas Cowboys in their in their era, you know, way back when. Uh, yeah, but he Frank Gore, Emmett had some. Don't don't sell Emmett short. He had some insane seasons under his belt, but. I still agree that like Gore is, he's like a lesser Emmett Smith, and that's the difference between being in the conversation for the best ever and just being in the conversation for the Hall of Fame. 
don't make no mistake. I'm not taking anything away from Emma. He, he's clearly good, uh, and he's clearly one of the the better running backs in history. Um, but when you think about the best running back in history, you don't think about Emmett Smith. You don't. At, at least I don't. No, you know? I, I don't either. And and that's kind of my point here is when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, you're talking about the best of the best. And I don't know if you can really legitimately put Frank Gore there despite his stats. And, you know, when when you're having that many stats, uh, it, it's it's certainly cool and it's certainly intriguing and um, certainly a guy that you, you want to tell in, in 49er folklore and if you want to say in Miami folklore, I guess you could. <laughs> um, but that that's it. Like, you know, even 49er fans, I don't know if they would even justify this guy being their best, you know, running back ever you know and that's that's interesting that that's kind of an interesting dilemma there so for me personally i would say no but it wouldn't surprise me just because we're such a stat driven league that uh that he does sneak in somehow uh and i personally would not put him in the hall of fame just because i feel like there are better running backs that that aren't going to get into them into the Hall of Fame. Um, so, yeah, I would say no for him, but it wouldn't surprise me entirely if he gets in. I think um, I, I you you nailed it. I think like he's I don't even I don't I think Stephen Jackson was a better player. I might be biased, but um, yeah, he's he has no, no chance. <laughs> um, like. He has no chance of getting in the Hall of Fame. I hate to say it. Uh, Frank, he's too high, man. He's too high on this list. Like, can can you name, out of players that played on teams last year, how many running backs do you think are even in the top 50 out of players that played last year? Oof. Um, Jeez. Uh... I would say probably a maximum of six players. Not even. It's Frank Gore, AP, McCoy, and Lynch. And that's it. Uh, Jamal Charles and Jonathan Stewart are in the 50s. And then those, so it's six in the top 75. Um, It just, it says a lot about Gore's consistency. He was really good. I, I I think that helps. Um, You know, he's up there with Curtis Martin. Curtis, I think, was. A better player. Uh, he played for less years. He racked up those stats a lot quickly. But I, I, I think it's it's going to be slow. I think it's going to take a while. But I think at some point we do induct Frank Gore into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's just he's really really high up on this list, man. It's hard to ignore. Um, if you end your career in a league that's been around for 60, 70 years. You end your career as a top four rusher. You're probably going in. Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to talk someone out of that. Let's let's talk about a Ram, Clay Matthews. We mentioned him last week. Six time Pro Bowler, one first team All Pro, two time second team. 
I don't think it's enough. Uh, I'll just say it. I don't have a lot to say about it, man. He's he's really good. You mentioned the Hall are really good. I think that's where Clay Matthews belongs. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, man. Um, it this is although like if if you let let's uh let's put on our our uh, Green Bay Packer fanboy you know uh, Kool Aid blinders here. Um, let's say that you know we made the argument earlier about J.J. Watt being the face of the league. Uh, you can almost make the argument that Clay Matthews was the face of the league for a while. Uh, uh, I, that's a rage. I mean, that's a rage. Uh, He's never uh, been the face think- of his team. Well, I mean, well, he was, he, well, I think he had, you know, we we're talking about like aura and stuff and like being an icon. He was an iconic defensive player. Uh, I think he was up there in that regard, but I think it was different because JJ Watt was dominating while being that. This is gonna, and I don't, don't, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I think Clay Matthews was kind of one of the faces of the league, um, the same way that like Chad Johnson was, in that they were notorious, they were a blast to watch their characters, their personalities, they were really fucking good at football, um, but he wasn't like he could dominate games, he could take over, but never not on the level that Watt was. Um, he never won a defensive player of the year. Oh, he did win a pro football writers of America in 2010, but JJ Watts got five first team all pros and Matthews only got one. Um, he was a face of the league, but like you could argue Watt was the face. Um, and at least on the defensive side of the ball. And I, the window for Clay to that was small. Ocho Cinco. I haven't heard that name in a while. Love Ocho Cinco. One of my all time favorites. <laughs> Um, and that, believe me, that's not an insult to Matthews. I think Ocho is going to be a guy that's underrated, uh, and also a great member of the hall. Very good. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Clay Matthews, he, he's a, he, he's a good player, really damn good player to, if the, you know, I, I want to open a hall of really good just for players like Clay Matthews. Um, but yeah, not a hall of famer in my book for sure. All right, we I got a lot of guys here. Um, I'll just throw out some names. You let me know if any of you guys you want to talk about. Uh, defensively, I got Terrell Suggs, Akeem Talib, Geno Atkins, Gerald McCoy. Well, let's talk about the guy that's obviously uh, um, a debatable guy to get into the uh, Hall of Fame, and that's uh, Terrell Suggs. You know, Terrell Suggs. You, had... I'll give you the numbers for Suggs. Uh, like Matt, they're very similar to Matthews. Um, Super Bowl champ, seven-time Pro Bowler, one first-team All-Pro, one second-team All-Pro. He did pick up a Defensive Player of the Year, and you know I don't know if this is an accurate thing to say, but I think he's he's been good for a longer. I think Clay's kind of died off recently. I think um, Suggs he he never really regressed. He peaked uh, and then he kind of settled. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense, honestly. He's, a, he's played for much longer. Uh, Matthews came in the league in 2009, and Suggs came in in 2003. And we were saying how we'd rather have Suggs than Matthews in this offseason. I think that means something. Um, seven Pro Bowls stretch across that span of time. Um, it might 
I don't know if this is silly to say, but it might mean a little more than them being crammed into one because he was really good for that long period of time. And I think for that reason, he has a stronger case than Matthews, even though the numbers are similar. Yeah, the, for sure. And and to tell you the truth, uh, I feel like with Terrell Suggs, um, a, a lot will – this year especially will tell us a lot about Terrell Suggs as a player. You know, I know it, he's not nearly in his prime anymore, but if he goes into Arizona and starts to play very well, then I, I think you have a, a candidate there. And I, I still think you could make an argument for Terrell Suggs, even if he was to retire uh, right this moment. Uh, I think he's just that damn good. You know, I, I, I know it won't be a first ballot for sure. But, you know, I, I think you could sneak in uh, Terrell Suggs into the, the Hall of Fame at some point. I, I think uh, there's a place for him there. I think Yeah, I think he'll float, a, float on the ballot for a while. And at some point, people might look at him and be like, why why didn't why haven't we put this guy in the Hall of Fame? Uh, he's, he's a really good player, man. He had a really good career, uh, a very stellar career. And I think... I, I think he's he's as on the bubble as they come. I think he's out of the guys you talk about. I think he has the strongest case, and I I I don't know. I don't know if he gets. I think he's a guy that is a finalist for a while, and we'll see if he's able to get over the hump. Uh, but gun in my head, I I think I say no. But I hate to say it. I, I hope he makes it, man. He was really good. Uh, did any of those other players interest you at all? Atkins, you know Atkins has some creden- a big credentials here. Uh, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro. But he—he's still, if he racks up a couple more, it's kind of like we, we talked about Earl Thomas. And the same thing for McCoy. Uh, but I think Mc, both of these guys, if if they're good for the next like four years and make a couple more Pro Bowls and a first and an All-Pro or two, they probably get in. Uh, but it's just enough. They they need to produce. You know, it's funny because uh, I I am a big fan of Gerald McCoy. Uh, he, he's a guy that, that doesn't get any love, and I don't understand it. Um, you know, Geno Atkins, you can almost make the same argument, and it's really because they're both on teams that, well, haven't really had much success. So um, these are two guys that I, I'd like to see in the Hall of Fame, um, bearing in mind that they, like you said, have a – you know, a successful couple more years. Um, but they certainly deserve it if they continue to play at a high level. So we'll see. Uh, I, I like both of these guys, but um, I'm more of a McCoy fan, admittedly. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think um, I didn't want to put him in that other group because those are more younger guys. Uh, and you know what? They're, they're not that old. I don't know. Maybe I should have put him in there. Um, but I think if they play two, three more years at the level they're at now, uh, I think they do get there. Uh, a couple more accolades, and that'll put them in. I I had Marcus Pouncey in this group, but I think I fucked up. He should have been with Trent Williams and Tyron Smith. Uh, centers have a tougher time getting to the Hall of Fame, so he needs to continue to, you know, his accolades right now, seven-time Pro Bowl, but more importantly, two-time first-team All-Pro and three-time second-team All-Pro. Uh, he racks up a bunch more All Pros. It's gonna be hard to deny a guy like that, 
but when you're the best best or second best of your position for that long but centers i think out of all the offensive line positions which is already a tough position to get in there that's the hardest to sneak in at coffered soul <laughs> exactly um yeah we don't need to do a whole pouncy debate the before we get to our last guy um I put Matt Ryan and LaShawn McCoy on here, um, but I don't know. I think it's really unlikely either of those two guys make it. Matt Ryan is yeah. MVP. Uh, yeah, Matt Ryan. Uh, I mean, we, we had a debate on three really good quarterbacks, and Matt Ryan. They're all much it, better it, than Matt Ryan. <sighs> two of them are much better, and one of them. Uh, had a better playoffs. Yeah, so I, I think it, it would be tough for Matt. I mean, let, let's put it this way: Matt Ryan would need to win uh, MVPs for the next two or three years. Uh, well, maybe at, at least two two MVPs in order to take him seriously as a Hall of Fame candidate. Uh, if he were to retire right now, there's I, I don't even know if you put him as a first ballot Hall of really good. Like I. I I don't know if he you would make it then, but uh, yeah, that's there's no question. Matt Ryan doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame right now. It's just it's funny to think that um, Ryan and Cam Newton were back to back NFL MVPs, and they're both very far away from the Hall of Fame. I think Newton. Um, the weird thing is he won the MVP and has he made a Pro Bowl since, and I think with Cam. Uh, there are things you could point to with Cam Newton and you could be like, nobody has ever done that. And nobody ever will do that with just how insane of a rusher he is. Uh, it, it, for him to be the goal line running back is crazy for a quarterback. We may never <laughs> see that again. And well, yeah, for that reason, um, if he if he comes back in the second half of his career, because he's only 30. Uh, I didn't want to put him in the barring unforeseen circumstances group because he's not there. Uh, we don't know how he's going to play for the rest of his career. But if you know he he needs to have if he has another like three four year stretch where he's really good, he's kicking ass and he makes a couple more Pro Bowls. Ideally, you want to see him make a couple more an All Pro team or two. He could get in, but uh, it's he has a climb. Uh, to get there, even with that MVP, because it hasn't been great since he won it. Yeah, that, as far as Cam Newton is concerned, he he needs a uh, a lot of help to get into the Hall of Fame. Like even more so than Matt Ryan, um, which is saying a lot. Uh, I, I I like Cam Newton. I think that there has been a couple of unfortunate things that have happened in Newton's career, but uh, overall. He he just isn't good enough to make the Hall of Fame. Let's just be honest. Yeah, he's got work to do. I just figured we'd throw him out because we mentioned every active MVP besides Pat Mahomes, who um, were a joke. If we, I mean, he's on pace. Uh, if he plays like he did in his rookie year for the rest of his career, yeah, he, he will be the greatest quarterback of all time. But uh, so <laughs> we're not we're not going to start talking about uh, Hall of Famers after one year. Uh, but it is insane that he did that in his first season as starter. The la- <laughs> We're saving this guy for last because I think we're on the same page here. 
uh, and this will be the end of our segment. If you guys had guys we didn't mention that you'd like to hear about uh, on future podcasts, hit us up on Twitter at Barrow at Johnny Five Nine Six at Talk Rams. We're closing with Julian Edelman, who after he won the Super Bowl MVP, this this uproar and outcry of how Edelman has cemented himself as a Hall of Fame candidate came out. The big catalyst is that he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, he's a Super Bowl MVP, and he's second all-time in the playoffs in receptions and yards behind Jerry Rice. Uh, now he's 43rd in touchdowns so to, in postseason, so take that as you will. But here's the thing about Edelman. If we put this dude in the Hall of Fame, we are throwing the regular season out the fucking window. It means nothing to this debate if we put Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame. Because his regular season stats suck. He's made he's had two thousand yard seasons. That's it. Um, he's his highest season of touchdowns is seven. He's he's only had three four seasons where he's had more than three touchdowns. Uh, this to me it's offensive to guys like Isaac Bruce and Torrey Hall that you'd be saying we should think about putting this guy in the Hall of Fame because you shouldn't think about putting this guy in the Hall of Fame under any circumstances to me. The Hall of Fame is for great, great players, great Hall of Famers, guys that dominated the league's repaired to stretch, not that played with Tom Brady for a long period of time and racked up playoff stats. And yeah, he was killer against us in the Super Bowl, but that's like that that doesn't make you a Hall of Famer one game. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Steve. Oh my God, it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> no, I'm I'm right there with you though. I I I don't understand that that conversation at all. Uh, can you certainly put him up there in playoff legends? Sure, why not? Uh, you know, there there is no denying that he he did somehow come alive uh, in in the playoffs. I don't think that's I, I think that's fair to say. But to sit here and tell me that this guy, Julian Edelman, is a Hall of Famer, just stop watching football, you know, because you clearly don't know football. You know, this is this isn't a slap in the face to, you know, all the wide receivers that have already made it. But like you said, guys that are trying to make it, guys like Tory Holt guys like Isaac Bruce, even guys that belong in the Hall of Really Good, like Chad Ochocinco, that's a slap to him also, because clearly the man is way better than Julian Edelman. There's no question whatsoever. In fact, if there was a Hall of Really Good, I'm not even sure if Julian Edelman makes the Hall of Really Good. No, he doesn't. (laughs) He's never even sniffed a Pro Bowl. He not not at all not at all. If there was a hall of really adequate, he might eventually make it. Let me let me ask you a serious question. Okay. If if Julian Edelman doesn't play in the Super Bowl, be honest. Do you do you think we win the game? Uh, because yeah. I don't. Because we scored three points. Uh, he wasn't out there playing cornerback. Yeah, he was the catalyst of their offensive ways, but. It's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, man. Somebody else would have just done that. I think they definitely still win the game. Sorry for cutting you off. <laughs> no, not, not a problem at all. I, I, I just, uh, um, I'm just a little baffled 
that people would even consider this guy into the Hall of Fame. You know, it, unless you're a downright homer of a Patriot fan, which I, I'm sure this is what sparked it, is the favoritism. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of favoritism in New England, especially considering that's where ESPN is from. I don't care what anybody says. There is a bias there. It is very, very clear. But, yeah, um, Edelman, yeah, not even in the Hall of Really Good. Sorry. It's it's so it's so silly, man. Not to mention uh, he was suspended for PEDs. Season. He won the Super Bowl MVP. Um, I I mean it's 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 honestly it's if if I'm a receiver who like if I'm Chad Johnson I'm insulted by that notion dude and he's he's not even uh, like up for discussion as a Hall of Famer. Uh, playoff success matters, but like not that not to that extent it matters. We and I know on the last podcast we talked about Eli like this. It's different because Eli has those regular season numbers that are stacked up. As you mentioned, he's top 10 in pretty much every passing category. And he... He's made a Pro Bowl. Four Pro Bowls, yeah. And he <laughs> sniffed a couple up. Like, Julian Edelman has never even been a consideration for a Pro Bowl. I don't think it is an entire entire career. Uh, it's 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 silly, man. It's, it's not... It, it better not happen because the Hall of Fame... If you take three years to put T.L. in the Hall of Fame. And I don't care how long it takes to put Edelman in. For him to get in is absolute nonsense. Uh, you might as well put in Dexter Jackson because we're putting in guys who had great Super Bowls. Okay. Actually, I'd probably Dexter Jackson than Edelman. <laughs> that might be a hot take, but <laughs> neither should be snipping the Hall of Fame. Uh, all right. Well, that that about wraps up our debate. We record these back. Well, now that so. we pissed you off, Steve, I think it, it is time to wrap it up. <laughs> I won't lie to everyone. Uh, Johnny and I remembered to add Edelman to this list in between podcasts, so thank God we did because that needed to be put out there. Um, but uh, I'll be back next week. Johnny will not, uh, or at least I'll probably be back. i got to figure out what we're doing for that show, but i got two weeks to figure it out, so we'll figure it out. Um, don't forget, guys, you can follow Rams Talk on Twitter, at TalkRams. You can follow me, at Steve Ribeiro. You can follow Johnny, at Johnny506. You can find Rams Talk on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rams Talk. Join the Rams Talk room if you haven't, of course. Give us a five-star review wherever you're in your podcast. Like, rate, subscribe. Uh, for Johnny Gomez, Steve Ribeiro, we'll talk to you soon. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, 
I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.